getting set to go into this new series, and we're launching this very first message in this new series entitled, Trust Me, God. We are going to be encountering some of the, 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 the plethora of things that we as, as followers of Christ and we as Christians, uh, that, that we struggle with and that maybe we question and maybe we have, have problems with. And this morning, we're going to start our teaching out with, uh, with, a, with a statement that you may agree with, you may fall in line with, it, it, it may apply to you right now, <clears throat> it may apply to where you are in this moment and in this period of your life, and it might apply to you at some point in your life, and it might apply to you at some point in the future, okay? So the statement that we are going to start with here on March the 17th for our first message in this series, Trust Me God, is, I used to believe but I lost my faith. I used to believe, but I lost my faith. Now, some of you in here right now, you may be sitting there and say, you know what? That's me right now. That's where I'm at. I'm struggling right now. I'm struggling with my faith. I'm struggling with what I believe. I'm struggling with what I believe, why I believe it, um, and, and I'm, I'm just having a hard time with faith right now, and that's okay. Uh, you may be in here right now because, you know, somebody just kept begging you and pleading with you. Please, come on, give it a shot. Come on, just sit down with me. And that's okay. That's great. You may be having a hard time with your faith today. You may be someone who thinks, well, you know, right now I'm, I'm, I'm in a good spot, but there have been periods in my life where I did struggle with my faith, where I do feel like I lost my faith. One of the things that we hear quite often uh, today that Harley and I hear and, and that we just kind of hear as, a, as something that is prevalent in our culture in 2019 is we hear that people say they used to go to church, but they really don't anymore. They used to believe, but they don't anymore. They used to be a Christian, but then something happened. Something happened and now they just they don't believe or maybe they struggle with what they believe and you can say that they have lost their faith, or maybe they are in the process of losing their faith. And again, you may be in that position right now. You may be thinking of that time where you were struggling with your faith, and you may be thinking that you may be hurtling to a point where you may lose your faith. And there's several reasons that that can happen. There's several uh, instances and circumstances where people lose their faith. And we're going to go through a list of some examples. And some of these examples might apply to you. You may say, yeah, that was me. That, that, that's what happened to me. And we may not have an example that applies to you. you we may not have yours. But kind of everybody, if you have been in that position where you feel like you've lost your faith at one point or another, um, you probably can internally think about why that happened or what event or what circumstance might have caused that to happen. So we've got a few examples to hear. Maybe your faith, you believed as a child. But then as you grew up and as you and, and you, know, you, you became an adult, maybe when you were a child you believed possibly because your friends believed. 
Uh, that was kind of me. That, that, was, that kind of is an example of me. When I began to uh, come to the faith, my faith was a false faith because um, when I was about six or so, we, we had something in our church called Children's Church. And, um, you know, it was kind of like what we do in 252, but not really. Um, not really very similar in many ways at all, but uh, we would we would do children's church and you would you would sing and you would have a little teaching time and then you would have something called an altar call, you know, and you would do this altar call thing and all of our friends, you know, all my friends would do this and I just kind of was like, okay, that's that's what I'm supposed to do and and I kind of felt a little bit of pressure and that's what my friends were doing, so that's what I did and then I kind of took it from there and as I got older, I realized that that faith that I had as a chi- as a child and that faith that I had with my friends that I did because of my friends because that's what my friends were doing. And not really my faith. That's really not, really not what it was. It was really, really more of a just I did it because that's what my friends were doing. And as 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 we got older, and as um, my friends began to walk in a different direction away from Jesus, and and I might have walked and I walked with them, you know, and and church that at one point as I was younger was so comfortable and was so. Uh, you know, felt so normal, began to feel a little bit stranger. And the next thing I know, and the next thing maybe if that applies to you and that describes your experience, you realize all of a sudden you look up and say, man, I don't really believe that anymore. Or I've lost my faith. And I, I, I can't necessarily pinpoint exactly when it happened. I don't know exactly the moment, the day, the time that I can say I lost my faith or I lost my belief system. I just know that it's happened. So another example might be maybe your faith was rooted in a family member. Maybe it was rooted in a trusted uh, grandmother. Let's use as an example. Maybe you had a grandmother who she talked to you constantly about believing in Jesus. And she talked to you constantly about having faith in Jesus. And you watched her life. And you saw how having faith and following Jesus looked so easy for her. And it worked so well for her. And you wanted what she had. Because what she had, man, it looked good. And it made her happy. And you wanted that. You wanted grandma's faith. But for whatever reason, there came a point where it just didn't fit. It just didn't line up in your life. That faith that grandma had, that you had as a child, that was grandma's faith that you wanted and you wanted to have, just like her, that seemed so good, there came a point somewhere where you just couldn't get there, and as a result, you lost your faith. Maybe you struggled with some type of a moral failure in your life. And again, we're just throwing out examples. have no idea. This may not apply to a single person in this room, and that's okay. It may not apply to a single person who is watching us on Facebook Live or might be listening to us on SoundCloud this week. Um, But maybe you struggled with some type of a moral failure in your life. And as a result of that moral failure, when you were younger, things were simple. Uh, Decisions were a little bit easier. As you got older, life became a little bit more complicated. Maybe uh, maybe it was uh, the moral failure came in a relationship or in a person. And, you know, your heart began to pursue a person. And that pursuit 
um, moved into a physical relationship and then the further or the closer that you got to that person and the closer that you got to that physical relationship that you were pursuing and that your heart wanted, you looked up and you realized, wow, the further you got away from God. And again, it didn't happen overnight. Just kind of slowly but surely, you look up one day and you realize you kind of lost your faith, your beliefs. A little bit cloudy, a little bit complicated. Some people get, uh, enter into discontent in their marriage. They begin to have feelings get confused and uh, commitment lines in a marriage begin to get blurry and then you see people begin to step outside of a marriage trying to find something that they're missing um, and, and it just opens up this wide path of destruction to a point where the person that they are is so far removed from the person that they were and the connection that they had to their family and to the connection that they had to God that they've gone so far away from who they were that they're not even sure how to get back to where they wanted to be. And as a result of that, they've lost their faith. I, I, again, I don't know. I do not know what the example would be for you. I, I know maybe what the example would be for me. I don't know what the example would be for anybody watching us on Facebook Live. But I know that Studies would tell us, or not even really studies, that's the wrong way to say it, just having conversations. We can go out onto Main Street here in Stuttgart, we can go to Walmart today, and we can poll a hundred people and we can say, what do you believe and why do you believe it? And you're going to have an astonishing number of people say, eh, I don't know. I'm not sure what I believe. I'm not sure where I fall on this idea of faith. Maybe, maybe, you lost your faith as a result of some type of an ethical failure in your life. And again, I don't know. But maybe there was some type of an ethical failure that you have dealt with in your life. And uh, maybe when you were younger, you had no problem walking with God. But as you got older and maybe uh, your friends, maybe you and your friends, you begin to move in a different direction. Maybe it starts very innocent. Maybe you start sk started skipping school, you know. And then it started turning into weekend parties. And that turned into um, abusing substances that you, ha you know, that you knew were going to be harmful and you knew were going to be destructive. And the next thing you know, you're experimenting and abusing things uh, that, that you know are going to lead you down a path that is destructive. And then all of a sudden you look up and, and you're lying to cover up habits and you're stealing to support habits. And the next thing you know, these little incremental steps that you have taken down the course of your life, these ethical failures, these ethical decisions that you have made, these small steps that you've taken over the course of a period of time have left you feeling like you are thousands of miles away from God. And as a result, you're sitting here today, or maybe you were sitting at one time or another, and you're thinking, man, I've lost my faith. I don't know what I believe. I don't even know if I even believe anymore. I don't even know if that stuff's true. And so often what happens when, when we see people lose their faith, when we see faith removed from life, it is replaced so often by feelings of guilt and by experiencing waves of guilt day after day. Because when faith is removed so often, kind of that moral compass, that's what some people 
call it. It's really, it's just absolute. That absolutes of right and wrong, when you remove faith from the equation, you have removed the absolute of right versus wrong. And when you remove that, that allows us to be a little bit more flexible in our choices. And we make choices that we know are destructive, we know are harmful, we know we're not going to, uh, we're going to not be the person today that we hope to be 10 years ago. And as a result of that, we begin to feel these waves of emotion. And the human body um, is not intended to experience guilt. In fact, guilt is one of the emotions that can weigh down and press down the hardest on humans. Is that feeling of guilt. And we don't like guilt. I hate guilt. In fact, guilt is one of the things that if uh, uh, individuals that have a manipulative uh, personality, guilt is something that a manipulative, a manipulative personality uses to manipulate. Because guilt is a human emotion that is so, so harmful to us. And as a result of that, we don't like guilt. So what we do, we've removed faith and we've replaced it now with decisions that are placing us into a position now that we don't really like who we are compared to who we were. And we're not where we thought we should have been by now. And as a result of that, we feel guilty. So to try to make that guilt a little bit easier to bear, what we begin to see is people begin to change their belief systems. So it goes from, I no longer have faith, I no longer believe, I no longer have this belief system, and it really goes more to, I'm just going to change my belief system. When faced with enormous guilt over decisions, guilt about where we have ended up in life, we begin to change our belief systems, and we begin to convince ourselves that what we're doing isn't that big of a deal. It's not that bad. And it lessens our guilt. After all, it is so much easier to change our beliefs than it is to change our behavior. It's just a simple, simple idea. I'll give you an example. Kind of a a simple, lighthearted example, but an example nonetheless. Overeating. Okay? I can use that example. And the reason I can use that example is because I really, really, really like to overeat. Like, I like to eat a lot, guys. Um, I struggle every day. When I wake up in the morning, the first thing a lot of times that's on my mind is what am I going to eat today? Um, We are going to be heading to uh, today, we're going to go take a couple days uh, vacation, and we're going to go to to Hot Springs. And I already know, I've already got it planned out, man. I know where I'm eating every day. Lunch. Dinner, breakfast, lunch, breakfast, dinner, snack, snack, lunch. I know, hey, I'm going to overeat, and I know it. Now, I can rationalize that in my mind. I can make myself, it's okay, Cole, you have worked hard the last few weeks. Oh, you've been busy. You've earned it. That's what I'm going to tell myself. I'm just going to be honest. That's what I'm telling myself. But it's a heck of a lot easier to do that, to change my belief system, to make it okay, as opposed to simply changing my behavior. Just say, don't do it. It's a heck of a lot easier to do that. And I struggle with it every day. So what we see is many of us who used to believe and used to have faith, we see that 
in 2019 and in the culture that we're living in specifically, that people are trading in faith for a more convenient lifestyle. Something that fits the lifestyle or their chosen lifestyle a little bit better. And if we're able to make or able to change what we believe, then it makes our behavior easier to work with. So if there's ever a point in time where what I want to do intersects with something that God says and my belief system says I can't do, it's just easier for me to remove the belief. Remove the faith. But what that is an example of and what that is evidence of is that the faith that that individual, that me, that I have had, when I can do that, when I can so easily change my belief system to fit what I need at that moment, it tells me that I had a faith that was based upon what served me best and what served us the best. That's where my faith really was at. It was rooted in something that served me the best. It, it was handy. It was more, of, it, as long as it was user-friendly to follow Jesus, then I followed Jesus. But if it ever got to a point where following Jesus made things a little bit complicated and made it a little bit more difficult and kept me from doing something that I wanted to do, then it's easier for me to change the way I believe than to change the way I behave. If our faith is based upon it being user-friendly, then that is an example that is evidence that our faith is actually not rooted very deeply. And it is actually, the roots are actually very small. And what you're going to see is your faith is going to be lost quite often. If your faith is rooted in anything that can allow you to change your belief system based on the circumstances of your life, based on the whatever is going on in, your, in the moment, then you have a faith, I have a faith, that is rooted very, very shallow. Most of us, at some point or another, have had a faith like that. So, when I say that, please understand, I'm not talking... To anybody, I'm talking to myself because most of us share that idea. We've all had that type of a faith at one point or another where it changed based on circumstance. It was something that worked at one point or time and we can describe that faith as a faith based upon, again, what is happening in my life right now. And what I'm feeling right now determines what I believe Right now. So my belief system changes to suit my life. Now, we've given several examples of why people lose faith. Maybe your faith was the faith of a friend. Maybe your faith was the faith of a relative. Uh, maybe your faith was, uh, you lost your faith as a result of an ethical failure. Maybe you lost your faith as a result of a moral failure. But there's other reasons that people lose your faith, that people do lose their faith. And in fact, this one that we're going to talk about probably is the reason that is given most often as to why people are walking away from the faith, as to why people are saying, I don't believe the way I used to. Sometimes our faith is shattered 
because of an unexplainable tragedy. Because of things that we just don't understand. Something happens in our life that simply does not line up with the character and nature of God or of the Christian faith as we understand it. It just doesn't work. You can't rationalize, and, and if you've ever heard this before, I can't understand how a good God can let bad things happen to good people. I don't get it. I can't understand that. A good God, a loving God, cannot let bad things happen to good people. It just, there's, I, I just cannot allow those two things to work together. And therefore, since I cannot rationalize those two statements, I cannot have faith. And in fact, that's one of the biggest reasons that people lose their faith in 2019 is because they don't understand why bad things happen to good people and how God can allow that to happen. It is so difficult to believe in a good God when bad things are happening all around us. And you guys right now, you can think, think in your mind of all of the bad that is happening, even just in Stuttgart, Arkansas alone. You just take it on the local level. And it's just hard to believe in a good God when we factor that in. If our faith is rooted in circumstance. What happens when we can't answer a question to our satisfaction of how can a good God allow this to happen? Why didn't he stop it? What happens when you ask the question of why didn't God stop that event from happening and you can't answer that question satisfactory to, to a satisfactor, satisfactorily? Y'all understand what I'm saying? What happens? So often, people walk away from the faith and they say, I don't believe anymore. Many simply abandon Christianity altogether, and that's what is beginning to happen. Or they may not abandon it, but they begin to seriously question. If this happens, it is simply an evidence that their faith and my faith, our faith, is rooted in what is happening around us. And it is a faith that is rooted in something that is going to change. Again, they're living by what is happening now. What I'm feeling now determines what I believe now. And if that's where your faith is at today, get ready. Your circumstances will change. And your belief and your faith will change as a result. I'll give you another example. We've given several um, lists here. If your faith is rooted in Stuttgart Harvest Church, Get ready. We're going to let you down. We've got several people that are connected with Stuttgart Harvest Church that this may be your first uh, introduction to really being connected or maybe a reintroduction. And if your faith is strictly in Stuttgart Harvest Church and what we do and what we do, why we do, how we do, if that's the as deep as your faith and your belief goes is what we do here, get ready. We're going to mess up. We're going to make a mistake, and as a result of that, you will lose your faith. Because in this case, when our faith changes with the circumstances around us, 
if we can't interpret things that happen around us satisfactory, we lose our faith. Because a faith supported by circumstances that we have to be able to interpret is fragile. Because every day it's going to change. When things are going good, it's easy to believe. When things are going poorly, it's not as, de- it's not as easy. When we're doing well, we're prospering, everybody's healthy, everybody's happy. It's not as complicated to believe and to have faith as opposed to the alternative. Give you an example. Maybe, maybe you have a job that you, you don't like. And maybe you have prayed and you have prayed and you have prayed and you have prayed. And I'm not talking about you have prayed just kind of uh, a little bit and you pray just at night or just in the mornings or just occasionally and you kind of pray at it. I'm talking you have really gotten serious and you have made an, a, a, a effort and you have prayed to God and asked Him, get me a better job, please. I need a better opportunity. I have to have a better opportunity. And he still hadn't done it. He hadn't, hadn't done it. You're still in the same job that you hate. You're still in the, the same position that you do not want to be in. Your circumstance has not changed. And your interpretation of that is God doesn't answer prayer. Your interpretation of that is, well, God's mad at me. Or God's trying to punish me. Our interpretation of the circumstances of today, if we allow our interpretation of our circumstances of today to determine our faith and determine our belief system, it's very fragile. Because so often we misinterpret events. God's faithfulness and character can never be predicted by events that are unfolding at a given time. I'll give you an example. If you've got kids, okay, if you've got any kiddos, uh, whether they be, you know, young or, or old, this, this, you can all relate to this. Most parents, not all, but most parents have chosen to vaccinate their children. Most, most, most parents have chosen to vaccinate their children, and that is a process. And if you remember the process of having to go and get vaccinations, you know what I'm talking about. I um, do not enjoy the process of having to take our, my kids to get vaccinations. In fact, I did it with my oldest. I, I took my oldest to get vaccinations, did it one time. And I said, Mm-mm, never again. I'm done. That's not me. That is mama's job. I didn't, I've yet to do it again. And Beth has to do that. But uh, I'll take Rachel as an example. She's three and she has to, and there's a bunch of vaccinations, man. And they seem like they give them all at one time. And they go in there, they give them all those shots and they either give it in their leg or in their arm or maybe in their rear end or whatever. But they get all of these vaccinations. And when you walk in the doctor, when doesn't take those kids long to equate doctor, shot. Doesn't happen. Doesn't take long, does it? And they figure it out quick. And my daughter, Rachel, she just does not understand how can mama and daddy claim to love her and to want what's best for her and to still take her to the doctor where they're going to pull out that big old needle. And it's not that big, but man, it looks that big. Pull out that big old needle and hurt her. That's it's hurting her. I mean, shots hurt. I don't like them either. How can mama and daddy love me and yet something like this let that happen? Because Rachel 
cannot see behind the curtain. Rachel can't see around that corner that I can. Because I know this is how it needs to go. This is how it has to happen. Because this is what's good for her. This is what's best for her. And I know that. And, and she doesn't. And when we go into the doctor still to this day, she's going to ask me, Daddy, am I getting a shot? My oldest daughter, she's seven. She's going to ask the same question. Daddy, am I getting a shot? And she can't understand how I can let that happen. And when that shot comes out, whoo, here we go. That's when the fight started. She can't understand how a loving daddy and mama can let her hurt. And yet, I can see behind the curtain, and I know it's good for her. Years later, she'll understand. As an adult, she'll have a much different perspective about those shots. Just as a child cannot correctly judge a parent's character based upon a trip to the doctor where he or she is fixing to pull out that big needle and fixing to hurt her or him, God's goodness, based upon any immediate event happening in and around our life, any circumstance in our life, we can't judge it. And yet, for so many people, we do. So, as we, as we kind of move forward, we've got a question that we're going to pose for the remainder of this teaching time and that we actually want to pose for the duration of the week. And that question is this. Where is our faith? What is our faith based upon? Is our faith based upon an immediate circumstance or event in our life right now? Because, listen, we started it with this. Have we lost our faith? Have you ever been in, the, in a position in your life where you feel like you lost your faith? For any reason. Circumstances that are beyond your control. Decisions that you made. Your faith was false because it was the faith of a child or it was the faith um, of, a, of a friend or the faith of a relative, a faith of a grandmother. Regardless, for some reason, you lost your faith. But was that faith that you had, that you walked away from, was that faith in a circumstance? Or did, was the losing of that faith in a circumstance, in an event in your life? Where is our faith? So what does God say about it? Where does God say our faith has to be and has to be alone? Well, we're going to jump into the book of Hebrews here in just a second. The book of Hebrews is, is a very interesting book. It's got a lot of theology in it. Um, but it, it's important to understand a little bit of the context of the book of Hebrews. And understand really who the book of Hebrews is especially at the very beginning, who the book of Hebrews was being written to. Now, it is very applicable to our lives today. The book of Hebrews is very applicable to us. But the book of Hebrews was specifically being written to the first century Jewish Christians. Those Jews, those Hebrews, who had made decisions to follow Jesus and to say, yes, Jesus is who he says he is, and Jesus has done what he says he has done, and he will do what he says he will do, those Jews, those Hebrews that have become Christians, they become 
Christ followers. The book of Hebrews is written to them specifically in the first century. And those Jewish Christians were being pressured during that time by their Jewish leaders, and they were actually being pressured by their culture to abandon their faith. Sound familiar? They were being pressured to abandon their faith, just like what we see today. Just like how we see people today walking away from the faith, walking away from their belief system, Jewish Christians in the first century were doing the same thing. The synagogue in the Jewish culture was at the epicenter of every aspect of their life. It was the most important thing that the Jewish culture, um, it was kind of the stalwart of their culture. In any town, the synagogue was at the epicenter. I, I would um, compare it in <laughs> Stuttgart, Arkansas, maybe, 2019. The Jewish synagogue might be similar to Walmart. Okay? So bear with me. It's kind of like being at Walmart, kind of like Walmart, you know. You go to Walmart on a Saturday, you've got a 50-50 chance of seeing everybody you know at Walmart. And in fact, we take Walmart so far, we actually use at Stuttgart Harvest Church Walmart very strategically. We say that anyone uh, that we feel like is within the realm uh, where we can have an influence as Stuttgart Harvest Church from this location at 607 South Park Avenue, across from the Big Blue Water Tower, anyone that we can have an influence or an impact on, if they consider the Stuttgart Walmart as their Walmart, then we consider them within our realm of influence. The synagogue for the Jewish culture in the first century was Walmart. And if you didn't get to go to Walmart, you don't think about it, you get kicked out of Walmart. This is significant, guys. How are you going to survive? If you, now some of you are sitting there like, I don't do Walmart. It's okay, fine. You can be different than the rest of us. Most of us, you lose Walmart, you, you lost a lot. So in the first century, the, the, the Jewish Christians, Hebrews period, anybody, it was the Jewish synagogue. And what was happening was the Jewish leaders were telling the Jewish Christians, you cannot use the synagogue. You cannot come into the synagogue. Stay out of the synagogue. And so the thing that connects the Jews and their culture, the entire life, uh, the epicenter of their life, they have had taken away from them. No synagogue participation for a Jew, a first century Jew, meant basically that they were being divorced from their family and they were being divorced from their friends. No synagogue participation for the Jewish Christians was costing them family. It was costing them friends. They were losing their businesses. They were losing their ability to earn a living. They were losing their ability to trade goods. They were losing their ability to gain services. And what was happening is as a result of this, it was turning out there was zero practical benefit to being a Christian, to being a follower of Christ. Zero. In fact, not only were there zero practical benefits, it was the opposite. It was a bad problem. So the circumstances of these first century uh, Jewish Christians, their life circumstances were bad. They were poor. They were losing family, friends, jobs, uh, the ability to make a living. Their entire culture was taken from them. It was bad. And as a result of that, what was happening is the first century Jewish Christians were beginning to doubt that this thing was worth it. They were beginning to doubt that Christianity was real. 
They were beginning to doubt that their faith was worth it, that it was real. They were losing their faith, just like what we've already been talking about. The first century Jewish Christians that the writer of the book of Hebrews that we're going to talk about in just a second was writing to is writing to people who, as a result of their circumstances, were losing their faith because their faith was in the wrong thing. And so this writer of the book of Hebrews, basically what he's doing, he's giving a faith course clarification, and he's saying, listen, all of that doesn't matter. I'm going to explain to you very, very clearly where and who your faith has to be in. So our original question just a few minutes ago, who and what is your faith and my faith in? Who's it in? The writer of Hebrews here we're fixing to see is going to answer that question where it should be very clearly. So it's going to be on the screen. Hebrews chapter 1, we're going to start reading in verse 1. Long ago, and this is again the writer of the book of Hebrews speaking to first century Hebrew Christians. Still applicable to us today. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son, his son Jesus. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. And this is important. Through the son, he, God, created the universe. So in that very first two verses, the, the writer of the book of Hebrews is saying to the Jewish Christians, and he's saying to us, listen, God created everything. Jesus is God. Jesus created everything, and it's all his. Everything is given to Jesus as an inheritance, as the creator. He's putting God and Jesus on the same plane. They're one and the same. He's making a very important theological statement right there in the first two verses of the book of Hebrews. Verse 3, the Son, Jesus, radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. So let's back up. You remember, what's that thing that so many people struggle with the faith? They struggle with their belief system. I can't understand the character of God. I don't understand how God, who supposedly loves me, can let bad things happen to good people. How can, he, how can a God that supposedly loves me let bad things happen to me? How can he let me be broke? How can he let me be tired and sick? How can he let me stay in a job that I don't like? How can he let me have a family where I have these bad relationships and where I don't have a good relationship with this person or that person, et cetera, so forth and so on? How can a God that loves me do those things? Right here, the writer of Hebrews said, you want to understand the character of God? You want to understand who God is? It's very simple. Look at Jesus. The sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. You want to know what God is like? What his character is in every way? Simply look at the life and simply look at the teachings and simply look at the way that Jesus went about his business. That's the character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. So not only did Jesus create it all, he keeps it going. When he had cleansed us from our sins... Jesus, the ultimate sacrifice, who God 
chose to sin to the world to die for the sins of the world. To die for the sins of the world. He sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. So right there, in the first few verses of the first chapter of the book of Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews says basically this. All of that stuff that you guys are getting concerned about and all of these circumstances and all of these life events that you are allowing to shake your faith. Let me show you where your faith needs to be in. It needs to be in these simple things. One. God, Jesus, created the world. Jesus died for the sins of the world. Jesus defeated death, and now he sits in heaven on the right hand of the Father. That simple. Shut it down. Put the period at the end of the paragraph, close the book. We can shut it down ten minutes early and go home. Because that's really all that matters. That is the faith. That Jesus is exactly who he says he is, and that he did exactly what he said he did, and he will do exactly what what he said he will do. And if my faith is rooted in that very simple principle, then it will not be shaken by the circumstances that are going on around in my life. It will not be, you know, faulty based on the fact that I am not the person that I thought I was going to be, or I'm not in the job that I thought I was going to be in. And now we go further, and, and we see in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, the writer of the book of Hebrews actually gives a warning to these first century Jewish Christians. And I'm going to read it and you see if this looks familiar. This is writing in the first century. So about 2,000 years ago. He says, so we must listen very carefully to the truth. What truth? What truth? The truth of where our faith must be. The truth of Jesus. Very carefully to the truth we have heard. Or what will happen? What does it say? It says, we may Drift away from it. Don't leave this truth. Jesus is God. He died for the sins of the world. And he's now alive in a very real place called heaven. That's it. That's the faith. That's all that matters. This writer of the book of Hebrews is saying to the Hebrew Christians in the first century, he's saying, listen, if you do not Focus on those three things. Jesus is God. He died for our sins and for all the sins of the world. And he's in a very real place called heaven. If that's not where your faith is rooted, you're going to fall away. You're going to lose your faith. Your faith, your belief system, you'll let it go. Then he goes on and he says, just, just look at Jesus. Take Jesus as an example. He's going to demonstrate Faith for us. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 13. Um, it says, He, speaking of Jesus, also said, I will put my trust in Him. Jesus is saying, listen, I'm going to show you how to do it. You don't know how to put your faith in God. You don't know how to do this. I'm going to show you how to do it. I'm going to come to earth. I'm going to become a man. I'm going to become flesh and blood. I'm going to become just like you so that you can understand faith. Hebrews chapter 2 verses 14 through 15. Because God's children are human beings. You and I, we're human. Made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. God, to relate to His creation, He put on the flesh and blood of man. He became just like me. To relate to His creation. 
For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Verse 15, only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. That's the faith. If you have walked away from faith, maybe you are sitting there at this moment right now, sitting in that seat, and you're, you're thinking, man, I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure about this whole faith thing. I'm not sure about this whole Jesus thing. I'm not sure about this whole God thing. I just don't know. I did believe, but now I'm not sure. What I would encourage you to do is to ask that question again. Who, what is your faith in? If your faith is in the circumstances of your life, if your faith is in uh, the faith of a parent, if your faith is in Stuttgart Harvest Church, your faith is not going to last. Your faith must be in a person. It must be in Jesus. In fact, for me, for me, what is my belief? What is my faith? It's very simply, it is this. I believe what I believe for five reasons. Number one, Christ is God who walked on this earth. He died for our sins. He died for my sins. He rose from the dead. He went back to heaven in front of hundreds of witnesses. Hundreds of witnesses saw it happen, saw the ascension. And he said that he will come back at just the right moment. That's what I believe. My faith, my personal faith, is rooted solely in the fact that Jesus is exactly who he says he is. He did exactly what he said he did. And he will do exactly what he says he will do. And regardless of the circumstances of my life, regardless of the events of my life, regardless of what is happening in my life, if my faith is truly rooted in the person of Jesus and in the work of Jesus... My faith will stay solid. And because of that, the writer says in Hebrews 4.14, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. He's saying here, don't lose your faith. Don't give up your faith. Don't walk away from your faith. Because if Jesus is who he says he is, then we do not need to worry when bad things happen. If Jesus really died for the sins of the world, then we have absolutely no reason to doubt his love for us, even when bad things happen. Even when bad things happen to very good people, if we believe that Jesus died for the sins of the world, we have no reason to question that he loves us. And if Jesus has promised to come back for us, then we have to know that he has our best interest in mind even when we're stuck in that dead-end job that we absolutely hate. And we've prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed to get out of it. Because Jesus can look around the corners and he understands what's going on behind the curtain, and I don't. Building our faith on Jesus and Jesus alone makes our faith solid and it makes it immovable. In fact, our bottom line, our faith is in a person, God in flesh, Jesus, not in a recent event. And if we place our faith on events that happen around us, it makes our faith very shaky. 
It makes it very unsteady. It makes it very unstable. And it makes it faulty because as soon as the winds of change takes place and as soon as the circumstances of life change and things go from good to bad, what's going to happen? We're going to question our faith. And the next thing we know, it may not happen all of a sudden. It might not happen in a singular moment where you can pinpoint and say, at this second, at this hour, on this day, this month, and this year, I lost my faith. But over the course of time, if our faith is not rooted simply in that Jesus is who he says he is and did what he said he did and will do what he says he will do, then we we will walk away from our faith every single time because your circumstances will change. And eventually the choices of life will sway us and will make us change what we believe. God never intended on our faith to rest upon what is going on around us, ever. He never wanted our faith to be dependent on us being able to understand the mysteries of life. I'd love to understand how God created the entire universe. I, I, I'd love to be able to understand this, but I can't. He never intended on that to be paramount for us, our, for our faith. Our faith is only simply in the finished work of Jesus, and that's it. Put the period at the end of the paragraph and close the book. The faith that Jesus has called us to connects us eternally to God and it's a faith that's, again, not based on what's happening around our lives. It is solely based in the person of Jesus. So, as we close things up, we've talked about us, we've talked about God. Now, us, me, you, we, this week. What does that mean for me this week? What does that mean for you this week? We want to go back to our question that we posed just a few moments ago. And we want you to ask that question all week long. You don't have to have an answer. You don't have to come up with some deep theological answer because it's really not that deep. But ask yourself that question throughout this week. Where is your faith and what is your, base, uh, your faith based upon? Is your faith based upon an event? Is your faith based upon whether or not God has answered a prayer? Is your faith based upon the fact that when you go to church, it seems like things are a little bit better, and when you don't go to church, they seem like they're a little bit worse, so therefore I'm going to go to church and I'm going to have faith? Is your faith based upon whether or not you're healthy or you're sick? Is your faith based upon whether or not you're wealthy or you're poor? Is your faith based upon whether or not you're happy or you're sad? Is your faith based upon an event in your life or in a circumstance that you either do or do not have a control of? Maybe your faith is based upon a decision. Or... Or is your faith based only upon the person of Jesus that he is exactly who he says he is? He did exactly what he said he did. And he's going to do exactly what he said he would. Answer that question this week between you and God. And let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning thanking you for the fact that we can trust you with these questions and, and we can trust that you have our best interests in heart and in, in, in mind. And God, we just ask that this week we would all take that question to heart. Where is our faith? Where is our trust? Is it in our circumstances or is it in the work of Jesus? Amen.